Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Fellow Ghanaians, good evening and thank you very much for joining us here on Upfront on the Joy News Channel. It's Wednesday, the 23rd day of August 2023. What that means is that in three days, the governing NPP will go to the polls. Well, this time around, because they have uh, 10 aspiring candidates, uh, 10 aspirants wanting to become flag bearer of the NPP. Their constitution says that number has to be reduced to five. And so on Saturday, they go to the polls from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. So by 1 p.m. everything will be done and we'll know those who make it into the main conference. But even before we get into the main conference, well, there's been lots of discussions here and there. I mean, the campaign is taking center stage. There are those who say we're focusing on the November 4 main conference to elect a flag bearer. There are others who say, why don't you just focus first on what has been termed by many as the super delegates conference? Well, this evening we're going to have that particular conversation. We're going to be finding out how the campaign is going. We'll be speaking to the spokesperson of one of the front runners uh, in this whole election. They'll be telling us how the campaign has gone and what the expectations are, the reactions to some of the allegations and accusations, even as the campaign heats up. But of course, you know that your election headquarters would bring you an election eve analysis on a Friday from. 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. and then on Saturday from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. we'll be focusing on the NPP Superdelegates Conference. My name is Winston. I'm going to return after these messages. I'll introduce my guest and then we'll start the conversation. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you late? Yes, Kojo. Why are you late again? Kojo. Can't you talk? See, mommy, I could lie like Amma and say I was doing my homework with my friends. Or lie like Amma and say I was helping grandma buy food. Mommy, I will not lie like Amma. I was playing with my friends and that is why I'm late. Homework now. Thank you for not lying to me. Your Calipo is in the fridge. Calipo, the natural fruit juice drink. Abi, you know that though. This advert is FDA. Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the job better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of EcoBank. Download EcoBank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. EcoBank, the Pan-African bank. In a world where excellence shines and achievements are celebrated, one event stands above the rest. Get ready for the event of the year, the CIIG Excellence Awards 
where brilliance takes center stage and the achievements are celebrated like never before. For the past two editions, we have honored the trailblazers, the visionaries, and the outstanding individuals in the insurance industry. Now it's time to take it to a whole new level. The Moving Pig Hotel in Accra sets the stage for this remarkable celebration. Mark your calendars for the CIIG Excellence Awards on the 26th of August, 2023 at 6 p.m. It's an event you don't want to miss. Visit our website at www.ciig.edu.gh to secure your spot. The stage is set and the countdown begins. Welcome back and thank you very much for staying with us here on Upfront on the Joy News Channel with me, Winston Amma. And this evening, I told you we'll be having a conversation about the NPP's Super Delegates Conference. Ten persons want to lead the NPP into the 2024 general elections. But based on the NPP's constitution, based on learnings from 2007, where some 17 people contested the party in 2009, decided that where the number exceeds five, there would be a super delegates conference to reduce the number to five. So already may have heard people say there will be no winner. What is most important is your ability to get into the first five and then you go for the main elections on the 4th of November. This evening we're joined by the spokesperson of the Baumia campaign. That's Dr. Mahmoud Baumia campaign, Dennis Miracles Abaji. Good evening and uh, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening, my brother. How are we doing? Uh, we're managing. And how about you? How's the campaign going? It's been a thrilling um, period. It's been a very inspirational period for, for, for Dr. Bamud Bamiya and the team. Um, we've done a little over 40 days, and the vice president has basically visited five regions Greater Accra, Shanti region, Western region, Central region, and Eastern region. Okay. And these five regions are made up of 154 constituencies with a total of a little over 128,000 delegates. So we, we are making very, very big progress in, in terms of reaching out to the people and, and selling the, the message of the vice president. But it's been a very inspirational one, especially because of the way the party people have received the vice president. Now, you're focusing on 128,000, but the elections you have on Saturday has, just, has less than 1,000 people voting. So why shouldn't that be the focus of the campaign? The, the campaign has been focused on both legs, especially because you know the special delegate elections happens on August 26th. Yeah. Then you have November 4th. Yeah. Don't forget, the August 26th delegates are barely 1,000. And the larger number is on November 4th. So if you start your campaign somewhere in June, you can't spend all the three months or two months on uh, special delegates. So you balance it. So you enter the region you engage your special delegates, then you engage your, your, your general delegates, as, as, as it were, for, for November 4th. So that's how it's been. What we, we, we've done is that um, the vice president put some breaks on the constituency-based elections last week Sunday after the Eastern Regional Tour. You know, what he did is to visit the constituencies on his campaign. He didn't put them together. He didn't sit somewhere and invite them. So it's been a very rigorous, quite detailed engagement. So last week Sunday he put some breaks on that and then he started focusing on the 1,000 delegates. Even that, as we speak, he's done 14 regions so far. It's left with two regions. Those two regions will be cleared a good well in tomorrow. Um, so far the outstanding region is Bono and Ashanti region. He's just wrapping up with um, Savannah region this evening. And so on his way back he will touch base with Bono region, Ashanti region, then he will come back to Accra then he would have touched base with all the 1,000 special delegates across the country. Well, I mean, we'll come to this because there's been, a, you know, accusations of, uh, you know, using state resources in campaigning. Yes, we know he's gone to, he was in the north to commission the Tamale airport. But while there too, he's been, I mean, he's, 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 he's in the Savannah region now, he's campaigning. Yeah. How do you respond to, you know, the comments, uh, the accusations of the vice president using state resources for his personal campaign? I think it's a, complete, it's a complete falsehood. As a matter of fact, if you look at how 
the manner in which the vice president has carried himself throughout the campaign period. You realize that he has shown the way. He's introduced novelties that nobody has done so far in our body politics since probably the fourth um, uh, democracy, the Republican democracy that we are enjoying now. I mean, he started off his campaign using a campaign bus. And the idea is to ensure that the long convoy that comes with the movement of the vice president is separated from the campaign of Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya as a flag bearer. And that, for me, I think is very commendable. Shockingly, all the five regions were visited. All the 154 constituencies were visited. The vice president visited them with the bus. All of us are in the bus. He sits in the bus with us. We get down together. We engage the people together. But, of course, in his campaigning, he's still doing his official duties as a vice president. If he has to go execute his official duty as a vice president, he will do it. But it has not, under any circumstance, conflicted with his campaigning for, for flag bearership. And that's a matter of fact. If he has to pause and go do an official assignment, he would pause. All of us will remain wherever we are. We still ride with the bus. Then he will go get his job done. Then he will come back to join, to join the campaign. And it's been remarkable. That is how the vice president... So while, he, while he's pausing moving for his official assignment and coming back, you are with the bus. What does he use? He, he's going to perform an official duty as a vice president. He's going to come back and campaign too. Yeah, but he's going to perform his official duty as the vice president. So how he moves as a vice president will be triggered at that point. I mean, the vice president, when he closes from where he goes home, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Every day. When he closes from where he goes home. When the vice president has a family funeral, he will go with the vice presidential convoy, wouldn't, wouldn't he? Tell so me. there's a fine line. There's a fine line, but the most important thing is that he has shown the way. And he has shown evidence that he's running this campaign on his own resources and not that of the state. We cannot, under any circumstance, fault Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. What he deserves is commendation. And for others to begin to at least follow the steps that he's actually started. And then we can improve from there. Others are using their own resources, aren't they? How, how, how do you determine own resources? How do you determine own resources? If you believe others are using their own resources, why then do you question the vice president? Because that he's in government. There are several people who are also running, who also holds other government positions. Some like? are board chairmen, some are board chairmen, some just left office. There are some who are moving with ministers of state and members of parliament and all of that. So I think that what is important here is that forget about this. The vice president has clearly shown. Do you question that? Is it not the, yeah, case, talking, that, talking it not the case that we have visited 154 constituencies with the vice president's campaign bus? We have gone all the way to the western region, if you know what's happening. <laughs> We've gone there. We've gone all the way to uh, Abra Asebu, Kwamankese. We've gone all the way to Chifo and all of that. And, and, and we are back with the same bus. We've gone to Kadi. We've gone to Akwetia. This is evidence of the vice president running a campaign with his own resources. Well, I mean, these are areas I know. I'm I'm from the West. Yeah, and so you can imagine. I am Wasa, so I know that. Exactly, so you can imagine. But but let's let's come to something. So those people, I mean, you've talked about people, you know, um, having just left office recently. Yes, they've left office. Mm. So I'm not interested. I'm not interested. That's why I'm saying that the vice president is running the campaign with his own resources and the evidence abound. You can interrogate the others when they also come. But the key thing is that for the first time in the history of this country, we have a certain vice president. He is not, he is not enjoined by any law okay, to ignore his protocol. It was actually a fight between the vice president and, his, and the state protocol for them to even agree on this, on this, on this in, innovation. Because they feel responsible for him and they believe that they have to put in place all the logistics and structures to move him as a vice president. And you can imagine, there's a very fine line in separating the vice president of the Republic of Ghana and Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya as a flag bearer. And so if he's been able to push himself to this point, where we have done 154 constituencies on the campaign's own resources, with the evidence of moving around the bar, your, your reporters are always with us. You can ask them. The reporters also ride with the bus, behind the bus. Okay? Other, other team members who do not find space in the bus are seated in buses, smaller buses. And for me, that is where I think the commendation should, should go. And then we encourage a lot more people in the future to otherwise the vice president should move with whatever vice presidential protocols that there are. Don't we have presidents running campaigns? Yeah. Haven't we had presidents running campaigns? How do they run it? 
and all of that. But at least for the first time, we have a vice president who has shown the way. And it's evident. There is no way you can put a twist to it. The fact of the matter is that the vice president has done five regions, 154 constituencies, and each of these constituencies, he moves in a bus. How are people, I mean, what's been his message to them? How are they receiving it? It's, it's been an amazing journey so far. I mean, listen, you know, sometimes when you, in fact, when I have a dream and I find you in my dream, even though I see you in the dream, you didn't have the same dream. Yeah. And so it becomes difficult for me to tell you exactly what transpired. You may believe me or you may be skeptical. So sometimes when you are stepping out to especially meet large numbers like this to tell them about the dreams you're having and the vision you have, you have butterflies. But once you get down there and you start engaging these people and they tell you that, listen, we've also been dreaming about this way before you started dreaming. That since 2012, since 2010, we've always seen you as the next leader of this party. And so we've been ready for you. And we believe that if you're also ready and you've come to us, then we are ready to rally behind you to, to, to move the MPP into, into the future. The vice president has a two-leg message to the people. There is, of course, the party internal issues that qualifies you to lead the party. It's a privilege for you to be a flag bearer of the new patriotic party. There are several members of this party, of several leaders of this party, who are capable to lead the party. So it's a privilege if the people decide that you are the one they would make the leader of this party. But you need to show them that you qualify to lead them. You need to show them that you believe in the tradition. You need to show them that you have their warfare at heart. You need to show them that you have actually sacrificed you know, for, for, for their party. And so they, you are worthy of, of being elevated to that level. So he has that conversation with them. But of course, one of the things I would not want to do is to put on this platform some of the internal party conversations that we have. I think it's unfair to the people of, 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 the, of this party. But of course, the national issues are also discussed. But some, of your, I mean, some of your party members are, uh, you, I mean, are watching. Maybe they haven't been reached yet. I, I mean, we'll, we'll reach them. Even before you reach, we'll reach them. them. Even before you reach them. We'll reach them. Hold on I mean, we'll reach them. Yeah, but, but, but I am asking you a very simple yeah, please go Even before you reach them, I want to know, what have you been telling them? The party issues remain party issues. But the general issues, the vice president tells them, that, listen, he is the best person to win the elections for the MPP in the 2024 elections. The resolve of every single MPP person across this country is to win the next elections. Because we are learning from history. Listen, in the year 2000, when MPP came to power, this country was going through a lot of challenges when President Kufo came. To the point that at some point, even after public sector workers had worked, the state did not have enough resources to pay them their salaries. We had to declare ourselves a highly indebted poor country before we can have some fiscal space to be able to do these things. By the time Kufo left office, in the year 2008, Ghana was called the gateway to Africa, I'm sure you remember. We said we are the golden age of business. That was a time where in your homes, in our homes, Banks like Stanchart, Barclays, Fidelity will come to us in our homes with their, with their loan and credit forms for us to come for loans to expand our businesses. Ghana was on a, on a very right trajectory. We're doing well. We're at least lifting the image of this country. But we encountered two challenges. Issue of fuel shortages and fuel price hike, if you remember. People had to queue for two, three days before they get fuel to buy. And then water shortage. That was, those were the days where you see people walking in the morning with yellow gallons. What brought the Kofor Galon mantra that we, that we have today? And because of these two challenges that Kofor experienced, nobody thought that we had to prevent the issue of national health insurance, to protect it. Nobody thought that Kofor had introduced national health insurance, something we had never experienced. Nobody thought that Kofor had in, introduced actual free composed universal basic education at that time. Nobody thought that Kofor had in, introduced um, school feeding program, which was boosting enrollment. Dr. Kosibutri, before Kofor came to office, when he was reading budgets in parliament, will be giving us statistics which include maternal mortality rates and infant mortality rates. That is how low we were as a country, where we used to count the number of mothers who went to birth and died, and the number of children who died at birth. Kofor changed that narrative because at that time, parents or mothers and, and husbands were finding it difficult to be able to foot the bill. For their, for their delivery. And so they, they tried to deliver at home, which led to a lot of death of children and mothers. Kofu introduced free maternal care, and that was removed. In spite of all these things that we can go on and on and on and on with President Kofu, because of those two challenges we experienced, which I mentioned, we lost that election. And we lost that election by a very slim margin. The result of losing that election in 2008 is what we experienced as of 2016, where Ghanaian workers 
would work for one year, and the government would say that they had no money to pay them for the 12 months, and so they paid them three months. Where Ghanaian workers who complete school teachers... Based on their inability to validate. No, that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. There was pure economic challenge at that time, and the evidence are all on your own website. Hold on, I mean... You remember... Uh, miracles, hold on. We know that at a point in time, the government of Ghana indicated that when you are newly employed into the system, do everything possible to get your salary paid within three months. If it goes beyond three months, you're going to pay only three months. Yeah, so that is the point. Let's go ahead. So, so if, I, if, I am, if I am a teacher, you've employed me, and I'm working, and every day you are marking me that I'm working, and you didn't pay me within three months, and for which reason I have worked 12 months, you haven't paid me. You say, it is my fault that you didn't pay me, when you know that every day I go to class to go and teach. The fact of the matter is that government had a policy, and there are several people who, who, who actually suffered that, that if you work for any period beyond three months, they are unable to pay you. And that was a matter of fact. The stories are there. there are a lot of them are there, several of them. You know, I have so, seen I mean, yes, so exactly. So that's a fact. To so the fact of the matter is that you're unable to validate. No, that's, not, that's not the case. That is not true. The reason why people work for 12 months and they were paid three months is not because they were unable to validate. What is the validation? Do you confirm that I worked 12 months or you don't? Is there evidence that I worked 12 months? Every government worker has a supervisor. So even if I didn't validate in three, four, five months, if there is evidence that I work for 12 months, what are you talking about? Well, the policy said today, today as we speak today, government workers are employed and over 12 months they are not validated. And yet they are paid the entire 12 months that they worked. That's a different policy. Day. Exactly. So, so there's a big difference between this government and that government. That is, the, that is the difference. And that's an established fact. You can't spin it. The truth is that today... Government workers can work 12 months and they are paid all their arrears. In the past, government workers work 12 months and there is a policy that will pay you for only three months. That's a fact, and I'm glad you validated that. So we experienced all of that. We experienced the energy crisis, which led to several other difficulties where industries shut down, workers were laid off, multimedia. At some point, you had to lay off workers because your cost of running or operating this, this institution was high. You had to run on gensets. Media houses, for the first time in this country, were closing at 10 p.m. We had people dying on the theater bed because lights will go off, and hospitals were struggling to be able to buy for to power these, these, these gensets. Those were the realities. You can't run away from them. You cannot spin them. We, we had situations where beds, hospital beds and, and hospitals were unavailable, and yet we created an impression as if we had the best, one of the best health infrastructure. No, I'm coming. I'm making a point. I'm making a very important point. So everybody across the country is convinced that in order for us not to experience that situation where we come to office as a government, we try to fix a lot of things. And then as a result of few challenges like we've also experienced, we lose elections. Then we would hand over to a government that will retrogress this country back and then we will have to come and fix again. For that reason, every single new patriotic party member across the country is convinced that we have to win the next elections. And if we have to win the next elections, then we have to be strategic. It is not about who is short. It is not about who is tall. It is not about who is from the north or the south or the middle belt. It is about who in our party today can actually win an elections against His Excellency John Ramani Mahama. If you are going into a competition with your opponent, you don't go based on your own strength only. You go on the strength of your opponent, your weakness of the opponent. You look at your own strength and your own weaknesses as well. And the party people are very convinced, clear in their minds that if we stand any chance to win the election against his SLA, John Romani Mahama, then it's Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. And that has made the campaign exceptionally easy, easy, easy for us. It is more of idea sharing when we meet the people than even campaigning to them. Because we need to win the elections, Winston. And I am asking everybody, including yourself, to join this rallying call. Dr. Mahmoud Baumia is saying that he believes in the little successes we have made. And he also acknowledges that we have challenges that we still haven't been able to resolve. But there's something that we don't have to miss. In order for us to deal with the challenges that are outstanding, we must protect the few, the little successes that we have, we have chalked. We must protect and consolidate them so that in our pursuit of the challenges that we are still trying to fix, we don't lose them as well. Because in the past, that has been exp the experience. In the past, in our haste to change government because of challenges, we lose the, the few successes that we have chalked like we experienced under, under President Kofor. And he represents that person that is willing, ready, and committed to protect our gains and then fix the challenges that 
our standing that we need to we need to work on. Now, what convinces the party members that Dr. Bamia is the best man? I mean, you've talked about all of these, and so they, they are convinced he's. What is it that they tell you that convinces you that he's the best man to break the eighth for you? Election is about numbers. And they believe that Dr. Mahmoud Bouamia, as an individual, as a person, brings so much value to our party in terms of numbers. I mean, it is an established fact in our party that our fortunes in the northern part of Ghana, which is not one of our strongest areas, has so much improved because of Dr. Mahmoud Bouamia. That's an established fact. In fact, before we had the split of the greater northern region into Savannah, northeast, and what have you, there were 31 parliamentary seats. Out of the 31 parliamentary seats, NDC had about 27 or 28, and MPP had about three or four, three. That is, that is how bad our fortunes in the 31 seat region was. Since Dr. Mahmoud Babian started doing some work in the northern part of Ghana, today as we speak, out of the same 31 seats, MPP has 16, NDC has 15. That is evidence to show how much value he brings to, to this party. He has been running mate for our party for four, four elections. He has been pres vice president, sitting at the highest level of the executive for two terms. He has been across this country campaigning at least four times. Everybody in every corner in this country knows Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya. Children, adults, young women, young men, everybody knows Dr. Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya. He is the one that is able to bring the north, the south, the middle belt, the coastal areas together rallying around, around, around our party. Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya's integrity and credibility as an upstanding, honest, sincere man is not in doubt. And that is why any time issues of credibility comes to play, you'd realize that not only MPP people will be coming to the defense of Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya, but even civil society organizations, some of them that are known to be strong critics of this party will say, no, when it comes to Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya, we believe he's a different crop of politician. Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya has really lifted the value of our political party. He's changed the face of our, of our politics, changed the face of the MPP. As a result of his style of politics today, the MPP's criticism is simply because a lot of the citizens of this country understand the policies that we, we, we espouse when we're campaigning. Before Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya started really doing issue-based campaigning in our country, this country's election was mainly kerosene matches and quail elections, where the night before elections, you see the NDC moving from house to house and saying, take this as much as go and vote, go and, go and vote for the white man. You'll be on the balance of power. You'll be number one. You'll be number two. Today, open your phone lines. Every Ghanaian that calls you can tell you what MPP said we'll do under education. What was it, said was we'll it, was it the MPP that said it what, what Dr. Bamiya said? He led it. He led the charge. There is no doubt about that. It is you, an established... Your presidential candidate was Nana Akufo. Yes, but... Uh, you, you, you had a manifesto committee. That, that is so, why... So is that not the NPP sending somebody to go and speak on its behalf awesome. instead of the person being the one, awesome. being, I mean, being the one speaking on that is his the own value, behalf. That is the value he brings because we've had several running mates. So, we've but, had but, several but vice presidents that, that we sent. Miracles. We've in, sent several. Yes, but in that case, someone can also argue that mm. anybody that you send mm. based on the party's position, based on the party's ideology, that person can also make a difference. The party people have judged and they realize that we have sent others in the past. Not only in the MPP, in all political parties. Never have we had a running mate and a vice president as visible and as impactful as, the, as Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. It is without question. You sent Ali Mahama in 2000. It, you cannot Hold on, hold on, I'm asking you. You sent him in 2004. You won. I have not questioned the winning yes, of you him. sent Dr. Baumia in 2008. You lost. I am telling you You sent him in 2012. You lost. I am then brought him in 2016. You won. In 2020, you won. So... I am telling you that today... If you pick all the vice presidents from 1992 to today, no vice president, no running mate has been as visible, impactful in their own personal value to their political party than Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya. In 1992 to 2000, when Rollins was president, you could only hear people say Rollins' government. Did you ever hear Rollins' Akai's government? In fact, a lot of Ghanaians go to hear of Akai after he was slapped. May he still rest in peace. In 2000 to 2008, you could barely hear people mentioned. Kufuor Ali Mohammed's government. It was always Kufuor government. Oh, Kufuor Abayin, Kufuor Abayin, Kufuor Abayin. Under Professor Atameos. It was Atameos Abayin. Oh, Atameos here. Yeah. It was Mills yep. Mahama. Nope, nope. I'll tell you one nope. thing. Nope, nope. I'll tell you nope. one thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, miracles. In fact, your party started that. 
your party, and one of the people who consistently referred to that government as Mills Mahama government that got every person talking about the Mills Mahama government was Sir John. Mahama only may, became... May, may he rest in peace. Hold on a Mahama second. Mahama only became Hold on a second. Hold on a second. after the president commissioned a committee to uh, investigate him no, 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 on the Emerald Plains In fact, the moment... I, I tell you one thing. The NPP, and I know this. I mean, I was practicing then. And I remember Sir John. Anytime you have interviews with him... so. You are right from, I mean, 1993 to 2009. But from 2009, the NPP consistently made reference today, to Mills Muhammad. Today, so it started today, from, yes. today, there is no single second that you hear any Ghanaian, MPP, NDC, civil society, talk about this government without even... In fact, a lot of times, they even mention Dr. Mahmoud Baumia and leave out the president. His impact, his personal value to our political party, to our democracy... To our, to our current dispensation is bigger than any running mate and any vice president we've had in the past. That is an established fact. In fact, when you come into our party, we believe and we all acknowledge that Dr. Mahmoud Baumia single-handedly contributed between 40 to 45% of our success in 2016 elections. How do you come by that? Of course. Ah, why is it that you and, and a lot of other people will be playing videos all over the place and tell that Dr. Baumia said this, Dr. Baumia said that? You see, it's easy to even measure these things. It's so easy. It's not difficult. It's so easy. He was all over the place. He was all over the place. At some point, even you media houses would even prefer to have Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya on your set than even the presidential candidates at that time. That is truth. Rallies. Party availability. People, it, it's, not, it is about the person's, about availability no, the person's contribution. The person's but it's about availability too. The person's dedication. You can be available, but you are incompetent. You can be available, but not impactful. Ultimately... Ultimately, when we put all of these things aside and want to measure the numbers, the numbers are there to show that our non-traditional areas as a political party have been so much improved by the presence of Dr. Mahmoud, Mahmoud Baumia. And that is why the party people believe that, listen, if we have to go into this election, that we have to be strategic. It is not about who is from the south, who is from the north, who is from the middle belt. It is about who in our party. We believe that today, if we are to put His Excellency Jomama on the ballot paper, and to put him on a ballot paper would be able to beat John Mahama. And we are very convinced, very clear in our minds, that that is Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. And it will manifest strongly on Saturday and manifest even stronger on November 4th. My guest this evening is Dennis Miracles Abwaji, who is spokesperson for the Baumia campaign. We're having a conversation about the NPP's upcoming Super Delegates Conference. So, based on what you have done, you say the people have accepted him. And so what do you expect the people to give you? What margins are you looking at? I, I think that on Saturday we should do nothing less than 70%. Nothing less than 70%. I think Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya should do nothing less than 70%. I have, I'm very convinced that he's going to be able to do about 70%. Talking about his name being mentioned, now there's a school of thought. I mean, you've talked about people mentioning his names and all of that, but some have also argued that his name is also mentioned and associated with the failings of your government. Because his comments in opposition about the economy and the economy they're experiencing today, that's why you hear his name most of the time. And so, if that is the case, he should not be the face of the party in 2024. What do you say to that? Every, everybody in this party has tips. Everybody in this country has tips. Every politician has tips. Okay, even media people, you have tips. Everybody. And so if it's about tapes, then everybody has tapes to play. It's certainly your mama who is going to be the competitor. He has tapes that we are going to play. So let everybody play the tapes. The most important thing is that we're going to go to the people of Ghana. Let them know what it is that we say we will do, how much we have done, what is left to be done, and how we assure them that we are going to get it done. And let them decide. But as for tapes, which politician doesn't have tapes? Let me mention one. Yeah, but the point is, they play the tapes and say, this is what you promised us. This is what you said you were going to do. And this is not our reality today. And aren't you worried that the promises that you made that got you into power, today there's a sharp you know, difference from those promises and these promises are associated with the man you want to see lead your party into the... The promises are associated with the MPP. So if it doesn't go and I go, they would not associate those promises with me. You, you just, will vote for me you, because you just, you just talked you about. Vote for me. No, you, you, you just talked about how he, Dr. Baumia, led the NPP campaign, and so people actually associate a lot of the things the NPP promised to do with him. 
And that's how he's very popular. So if the feelings are being associated with him, why must that be the end of the, him? Let's stick to the context. Mm -hmm. So the point is that you talk about failure. Yes. You talk about promises that you haven't fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking you that if there is anything called failure, you think that there's anybody in the MPP that would be immune or insulated and say that, oh, you there, because during campaign you didn't say anything. Even though the MPP said they would do A, they haven't done it, come and vote for you. It is the MPP's job to go back to the people and engage the people. When we get there, we'll cross that bridge. There are those our, job, our job as a political party is to go to the people the same way we went to them in the previous elections, to engage them. When we get there, we'll cross the Why? The NDC don't have things. His Excellency John Domani Mahama, he has been president. He has been president who failed in so many other things, for which reason he was voted out of, out of power. Is he not coming back? If he is confident, after he failed in so many facets of our economy, and yet is confident to come back for an election, what makes it think there is anybody in the MPP that cannot come back for an election? There are people who say, I have not been part of government. I am your best bet in election 2024. There are those who are running that have said, look, if the NPP wants someone to lead the party into victory, they have not been in government. So part of the failings of government will not be associated with them, and so they should be their, I mean, the MPP's best bet. Let the party people decide who they want to lead them. Let the party people decide who they want to rally around. After all, the party people are the ones who will come to your homes to come and push the, the message of the MPP. They know who they believe they are confident enough to rally behind. They know who they believe they are ready to lead them. You think that we, any political party in Ghana can build a party with people say, let me remain mute so that when it's time for an election, I'll put myself up. Let others talk. Who will talk? The fact of the matter is that if His Excellency John Domani Mahama, who has been president before, failed, voted out of power, is confident that he will come and become president again, there's nobody in our party that cannot come and become president again. The, the issue of leadership is not the absence of challenges. The, the best leader is not the one that says, that when I'm a leader, there won't be challenges. The best leader is the one who, in the midst of challenges, is able to say, listen, this is where we are. I acknowledge these challenges, but I am willing for us to work together to get us out of that challenges. That is who we call a leader. The people are going to compare between His Excellency John Romani Mahama and Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, who, in the midst of crisis, is willing to stand That's by them wins, and work. He's going to win. There's no doubt about that. He's willing to stand by them and work with them to get the country out of the challenges that we find ourselves. Under the NDC, under his, and you see now I talk about his saying Mama because he is an established candidate. You understand that he's coming. Under his leadership, when we encounter economic challenges, albeit caused by domestic issues, he threw his hands in the air. At some point, in the crisis when we didn't have electricity, he was still increasing tariffs. When we raised high cost tariffs at that time, he told us to stop charging our phones. He told you he was going to fix the challenges. He told us to stop charging but our he phones. He was going if to we fix believe, the challenges. He actually told us at some point that he was like a dead goat and that he cannot be... You have complained. You have complained. In fact, your party has complained that he actually signed a lot of agreements in trying to solve these same challenges. But we haven't said that... That today has created a problem. But we haven't said that we are dead goats. What we have done is that in the year 2022, November, when we encountered hyper, uh, uh, high rise of... The exchange rates in 2022, when dollar got all the way to 17, we didn't come to tell the people of Ghana that we are tired. You can do whatever you want. To do. What we did, what we did, no, what we did was rather introduce policies, keep revising the policies to ensure that we get it down. And today, the dollar that went all the way to 17 is gradually coming down. It's about 11.5. Fuel prices went all the way to 24 cities. We didn't tell the people that you can do whatever you want and that we are tired and that if you cannot buy fuel, pack your cars. We introduced policies to see how we keep revising to bring it down. Four prices went to 24. Today, it's about 13 cities and 12.99. That is leadership. Leadership is not to say that there won't be any challenge. Leadership to say that when there are challenges, you work with the people to find solutions. In the midst of crisis, we haven't frozen recruitment of, of, of young Ghanaians into critical areas of government. We are doing it a week ago. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, people are passing out from their services. People are passing out from, from nursing and teacher training colleges. We haven't withdrawn the social safety nets of the people. The social safety nets are still there. That is leadership. And so when we get to that bridge, when we get to that point where we have to go and account to the people, 2024 is not going to be about rhetoric, so wisdom. 2024 is not going to be about propaganda. 2024 is going to be about real measurement of leadership. 
where everybody will be judged based on your performance in terms of your positives, your negatives, and even your posture. That is how 2024 is going to be, to be, to be handled. And we, as a political party, believe strongly that when it comes to the management of the life of the people of this country, we are a bit more empathetic, we are a bit more collaborating, we are a bit more listening, we work with the people to get solutions than the NDC. And we are going to go to the people and have this conversation with them. Talking about established candidates, so you say Mahama is established, but there are those who accuse Dr. Amir of being an establishment candidate. But you know the established I, I know. That's, 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 no, I'm, okay. I'm just using... He's a confirmed candidate, yes. yes. And I'm coming to mm. Dr. Bamir to say, there are those who accuse him of being the establishment candidate and join the backing of government in seeking to lead the party. There are those who even say they, they feel intimidated because there are people who are pulling all manner of strings and machinations just to ensure that they are unable to freely campaign. How do you respond to the allegations that your candidate that you support is enjoined from government and so the forces within government are intimidating others? I think strongly that <laughs> it is a defeatist argument if anybody makes this argument of establishment. Who is an establishment candidate? Your candidate is. In this particular instance, the party is stronger than the government way stronger than the government. And if there's anybody that's going to call the shots in the instance we find ourselves, it's the party, not the government. And when it comes to this particular process, has very little say. Very, very little say. The president cannot tell me who to support in this contest. He can't. How is he going to do that? The president has appointees. You don't think he can tell them whom to support? But his appointees are following other candidates. Why are they confident enough to do that? The evidence is there. You have cabinet ministers supporting other candidates other than Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. Why are they supporting them? Why haven't the president fired them? So it is not true. The facts don't support that, that falsehood. The fact is that the people, the, the party members from the police station to the highest level are convinced about the candidature of Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya. Come on, Western. We have about 137 or 138 MPs, right? Yes. Okay. You have about 10 following you. You haven't spoken about the 10. You haven't complained about the 10. I have 120. And you say, because I have 120, establishment is supporting me. How about the 10? Have you rebuked, my, my have you rebuked the 10? I'll just give you an instance. Have you rebuked the 10? I'm just telling you that we don't have all 138 following Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya. So there are others following other candidates. Have you heard them rebuke them and tell them, don't follow us? Again, in our party's constitution, the only category of people who do not have to publicly support or endorse any candidate is the national executives. But they are the ones who are actually conducting or leading this election. Any regional chairman, regional executive is allowed to support whoever they want to support. Constituency, police station, they are all allowed because they are the voters in this election, the only category organizing the election. For which reason, of course, if you are the one organizing it, then it is, it is wrong for you to, to, to publicly endorse a candidate. It's the national executives. I don't know that anybody at all is free to support whoever they want to support. I am telling you that the so-called establishment candidate thing is a defeatist argument. We will be glad and happy to know that there's a certain thing, a certain thing called establishment. And if they support us, we'll be happy. We are asking for even the ministers who are supporting other candidates to come and support us. We are still working on the other MPs. You've been talking to them? Yes. We've been talking to How are you campaign. convincing them? We've been talking to even campaign managers of, of other candidates who are members of parliament, who are ministers of state, who are chief executives of organ... You think everybody in this government supports Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya? That is not true. The, the Botiano MP, he supports Alan. Yes. Carlos Ahinkra, he supports Alan. Anya Sohutuom MP, he supports Alan. Honorable Abina Asare, deputy finance minister, he supports Alan. Railway minister, Honorable Peter Amewu, he supports Alan. Have you heard that they've been fired? So you can support somebody. But the other minister, they, they can't choose to support another person. And if they choose to support another person, they are establishment. You are not an establishment. Are you not part of the establishment? How come you are supporting another candidate? It's defeatist. It has no grounds. It has no footing in this whole dispensation. We are asking for more party stars to come and support Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya. We are still convincing a lot more. How are you convincing them? We are telling them that Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya is the best candidate to win the election for us in the next elections. And that they are candidates who lose. Who wants to support a losing candidate? If your candidate will You don't know that for a fact? I'm telling you, Saturday is three days away from here. There's only a thousand people. I have been been across the country. No, and you see, that's the biggest mistake. 
you, you we've never had a situation where somebody wins a super delegate and loses. It's only been one situation. In fact, you in fact you win it even bigger. You know why? It's been one situation. It is because of the formation of the super delegates group. They are representatives of the views of the masses. Why did we get here? We got here after 2007, when we realized that it is not prudent to send more than five people into an election. And so let's have a system that will cut down. So each of these delegates, they, what they, their job is to go and listen to the, their people and ask them who they want them to vote for. The MPs are going to listen to their police station executives. It doesn't happen all the time. I mean, it, it, like it, 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 it happens. It happens. It happens. It happens. That's their job. It happens. That is their job. It doesn't happen. It happens. That, that is their job. I mean, hold on a second. Hold on. Mm. You know mm. that the fact that as a member of parliament, I take a decision doesn't necessarily mean that my people ask me to go and vote for this person. They're taking their own decision based on what they want to do. How does that extend to what the people think? I am telling you that the delegates who are coming on Saturday, as we speak, they've all consulted their people. The external branch delegates who are here, before they came here, they had meetings with their branches. They agreed on who they are coming to vote for. The constituency chairman, he's had meetings with the electoral coordinators, police station executives. They've told him who he should come and vote for. We've been to 154 constituencies. I can show you videos of over 135 constituency chairmen who are publicly stating that this is what our people have told me to go and do, and that's exactly what I am going to do. They've all consulted. They've all engaged. None of the delegates are coming on their own free will. They're all representatives of various blocks within the party, and that's how they are going to cast their votes. And I can tell you, the, the, the percentage that Dr. Mahmoud Baumia will get on Saturday even what he will get on November 4th will be more than what he will get on November 4th. You're saying he's going to get about, not less than 70%. And you're suggesting he'll get more than more 70%. More than 70% on November 4th. You see, we know our party. Our party is built on structured systems. The party is not in vacuum. It's not vague. There are systems and structures in the party. And there's a way that this party works. And it will manifest on on. on you don't fear delegates. No, we trust delegates. We love delegates. Sir John advised you to fear delegates. That's Sir John's views. You don't fear that. You but believe that, that, that once, I mean, what, what, whatever delegates tell you, that's what yes, they're going to yes, do? Yes, yes, because, because they, they also believe that whatever Dr. Mahmoud Bermiyanta... We've seen two, I mean, uh, the Daily Guide, for instance, published two persons who went to endorse Dr. Usui Friyakoto. Those same two persons in the same clothing go ahead to endorse, uh, you know, um, Francis Adain. So wait and see what would happen on, on, on August 26th. I can tell you without any shadow of doubt. I'm telling you that the, we'll finish the election by 1. I'm sure by 3 p.m. results will be out. Let's talk on any of the platforms. And you confirm that Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya is doing nothing less than 70%. Believe me. What do you make of, I mean, because mm-hmm. he's done a lot of work. Others to say it. He's done a lot, a lot of, work. of engagement. So what you say is different from what you have done. Mm-hmm. I am telling you that Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya has done a lot of work. He has the trust and confidence of the party people. And they won't let him down. What do you make of, uh, you know, the conversations within some of the I mean, candidates? They've said eight of them have been talking and they are not going to support the establishment candidate. They believe that if anything could hap- happens, all of them can come together. Your campaign isn't scared that eight people could come together and campaign against your candidate? Yeah, they are total votes will probably amount to 20, 25%. And that's allowed. Dr. Mahmoud Bamiya is not saying he'll get 100% in it. He's not saying that. So if all the eight come together and they amount to 20, 30%, why should we, we fight that? We should definitely expect dissenting views. All the people who are running, others also have their own wives and children who are all delegates. We should expect that a few of them would. But the unanimity with which the party people will take a decision on August 26th and November 4th is very clear. It's very clear that their conviction is to win the next elections. They love the other eight. They believe that they are very astute personalities in our party and in this country. But they believe that strategically, if we want to win the elections, then we need Dr. Mahmoud Bawe. Let me get your view on something. There are those who have suggested already uh, that um, if any candidate polls about 60 to 70% of the votes in the superdelegates, the party should consider that person going on opposing. November. What's your view on that? Come again, please. I'm asking you that there are suggestions already that if any candidate gets between 60 to 70%, mm. your party mm-hmm. should consider that candidate 
being declared or being acclaimed as your party's candidate for the 2024 I disagree. Why? I disagree. I, I think strongly that the party has laid down rules and regulations that after we finish the election, the top five should go into a November 4th election. It should be the, uh, the other candidate's personal decision to decide whether they will step down or not. But if they decide to still go for the November 4th elections, why not? We should go into that election. I believe that elections bring confidence. I believe that the electoral process actually validates the, the, the authority and the leadership that the people you know, give to, to an individual. So I would not subscribe to any decision that says that if we finish August 26 and you get even 90%, and they sh- should allow you to go. It should be their decision. If by August 28th or 29th, all the other four have decided that they will step down and that only one candidate will go, even that will probably have to go for an acclamation. It, that's also part of the process. But we can't say that once we finish with this process and, and you get 80 or 90%, that should be it. I think that, that would be even flouting our own constitution. Okay, well, this evening we're joined by Dennis Miracles Abwaje, who is spokesperson of the Dr. Babia campaign. Before we wrap it all up, um, I know I've asked about some of the candidates talking. Is your candidate talking to some of the candidates? Yes, we we are talking to everybody candidates, campaign managers, everybody. That even candidate, if you're a candidate and you have a vote, would like to talk to you so that in case you decide that on the day of election you'll vote for us, why not? But that is the only extent to which these conversations are happening. We want everybody's vote. So we have a list, right? A list of all qualified voters. So if your name happens to be on the list, whether you are a candidate, whether you are a campaign manager, whether, whatever it is, we'll make a move on you for your vote. Who knows? Maybe you enter the ballot box and you, you decide that you would vote for us. We'll take it. But we are not leaving anybody behind. and We are not leaving any stone unturned. Great. But just before you go, I mean, you talked about, um, you said in the greater northern, you, um, you know, in 2016, you won, what, three? Uh, I'm saying that. Because I, I know that in 2016. I'm saying that today, you had, today, Yes, yes. Today. In, I know that in 2016, in, in just, um, you know, in the greater north, you had more than the four seats that so you're talking, I'm talking about. talking about, you see, I'm saying prior to, mm-hmm. prior to the 2016-2020 elections, okay. there were 31 seats, out of which the NDC had about 27. We had about three or four prior to okay. 2016 and 2020. Yeah. Okay. But today we had 16. We have 16. Yeah. And the NDC has 15. Well, thank you very much. I wish you all the best. Um, you, we'll, ha- we'll have a conversation again Definitely. after the elections. Then after the 70%. I, I don't know about that. Or more. You're saying it. I, I, I cannot <laughs> validate that. Uh, but what I do know is that uh, on Friday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., you can join us on, do join us on election eve. I'll be here with Evans Mensah. We'd have our own version of analysis. And then on Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., we'd have analysis. Also, before we hand over to Samson Ladi and Yenini for news, then we'll come back at 12 to 2. Kodri Anson will be here. And then from 2 to 4, I'll be here with Evans Mensah, where we come to do the analysis of the elections. But tomorrow on the Super Morning Show on Political Thursday, we'll bring you our own analysis of the NPP's Super Delegates Conference. My name is Winston Amor. Do have a lovely day coming up. Let's join you.